I'm Ken Hemmings, and he is Chris Lang, and welcome to another of these regular property briefings. Again, a warm welcome to you, Chris. Always a pleasure, Ken. But tell me, uh, what's up? You seem to be looking a little worried today. Well, like probably most of our listeners, I'm rather confused by what's happening at the moment, you know, politically, economically, I mean, even internationally. It's just weird. Are you able to make any sense of it at all? Yeah, look, you're right, Ken. Everything does seem a bit weird at the moment. I mean, it's the things that are going on. I mean, a few months ago now in Australia, you saw an incumbent Queensland Premier trying to claim victory after actually losing his own seat. And that was after having won the biggest victory ever just three years earlier. And also you've seen the Australian dollar plummet to 75 cents. It's recovered a bit of recent times. And petrol, again, it fell to around about a dollar at some points and it's recovered marginally now. But they're still well below what they were used to seeing them at. And that has, in fact, ensured that our inflation rate is down. Overseas, the European Central Bank is madly printing money. And, and then you only have to look at the Swiss. And they're actually charging you 0.75% to deposit money in, in their bank. So, I mean, that's unheard of. And various stock markets around the world seem to be fluctuating on a daily basis. It's just just hard to keep track. And our Reserve Bank has lowered the cash rate to 2%, and some pundits are are saying that there's going to be even a further reduction likely. So, yeah, there's a lot of strange things happening all around, and, you know, it's hard to keep track. Now you've flagged the key reasons for the confusion, how are they likely to play out? Well, on the home front, there's a lot of political argy-bargy going on and no party is really standing up and looking at the national interests from a long-term perspective. I mean, there's been some positioning going on, but it's just a free-for-all as far as the Parliament's concerned. And that sort of atmosphere is what is causing uncertainty here in Australia as far as the general consumers concerned and, and businesses as well. But apart from that, leaving that aside, much of what's going on at the moment relates to what's happening with the US economy. Now, Assuming it continues to improve and its employment figures pick up each month going forward, there's a likelihood that the the Fed will start to raise interest rates and that becomes more of a reality. The fact that Fed Reserve announced that they were easing back on the quantitative easing program certainly had an effect, but What the economy needs to see now is that becomes a reality and that it it is not in the distant future. It's going to be happening probably sometime later this year. 
Now, just merely the fact that they announced that it, it might occur sooner rather than later, that will have the effect of strengthening the US dollar and take the pressure off the Reserve Bank to have to reduce our interest rates any further. Now, contrary to what most people think, an increase in interest rates actually mean that things are improving. That's the reason they do it, to put some form of break on the economy. Falling interest rates, in fact, indicate the economy needs help and tends to sap consumer confidence. Now, I know that as soon as interest rates <coughs> fall or have fallen in Australia, the stock market picks up, the property market, certainly residentially, picks up, but they're not, they're side issues or side shows as far as the economy is concerned. What the government really want is for people to, more people to be employed by businesses and to people to feel secure that they have a job going forward so they will actually start spending in the general economy because when that happens, there's more income flowing through, therefore more income tax. So this is the issue the government have got, that it's got falling receipts and increasing costs. Now, in all of this, you, you also need to keep a close eye on China. Now, as I went through with my mentor group in, in the latest webinar, the Chinese government, at the insistence of the International Monetary Fund, actually orchestrated the fall in its growth to around 7% to help cool what was becoming a property bubble. There was just so much housing development that it was just getting out of control. And having achieved that, the Chinese government has recently announced some modest stimulus for the economy, and these are designed to at least maintain that level of annual growth. Now, as we discussed on, that, on the webinar with, with my mentor group, five years ago the economy was growing at 10% per annum. Over the last five years, it's grown by 50%. Therefore, now a 7% annual growth in dollar terms is exactly the same as it was back five years ago. So in dollar terms... There really is no difference. So the Chinese economy is still growing, but the real sleeper in all of this is actually India. And you're going to most likely see that outstrip China's growth and its economy improve by about 7.8% this year. So that's something you've, you've really got to keep an eye on. So with these factors coming into play, as soon as those overseas countries, the activity starts to improve, the US dollar will increase relative to the Australian dollar, and it's the falling dollar that the Reserve Bank want to see sustained, and they would like to see it, I mean it's hovering between 75 and, and 80 cents, they'd like to see it probably closer to 70 cents compared to the US, because that means they don't have to then tamper with interest rates because interest rates at the reduction at the moment with as far as the reserve bank's concerned all that is doing is fueling the the property activity principally in melbourne and, and sydney because those economies 
are far better than Brisbane and and uh, Perth. So the Reserve Bank just wants the pressure taken off because it knows that simply reducing the interest rates by another quarter percent is not going to have any effect on the general economy. That sort of reduction is of no value whatsoever and if anything it just signals that that people ought still be keeping their powder dry as far as consumer spending and employing more people. So it would like to be able to say that that's the, the, the bottom. From now, any increase will be, any change in interest rates will be upwards and that will reflect, as is ca- uh, slowly happening in America, an improved economy and the interest rates really to be normal should be around four four and a half percent, maybe five, in that sort of four to five range. When it gets higher than that, it's it's putting constraints on. When it gets lower, it's unnecessarily feeding some of the investment activities. So overall, we're keeping an eye on the overseas countries, but most of them, unlike Australia, or how we perceive Australia more particularly, are actually starting to improve and will hopefully do most of the heavy lifting as far as the Reserve Bank are concerned. And what effect do you expect all of this to have upon commercial property? Well, over the past few years, you would have noticed there's been a huge influx of Asian money, not just from China, but also from Malaysia, Singapore and Hong Kong. And yes, some commentators seem to get nervous, but you've got to understand these investors can't take the properties home with them. It's a bit like the Japanese in the 1980s. We've got a lot of major developments occur, particularly in the tourism area, because of Japanese investments. They're still here. They're still benefiting Australia. Most of what's going on at the moment is investment within the Melbourne and Sydney CBDs. But what it's clearly telling us is that overseas buyers see Australia as a safe and secure place in which to invest their hard-earned money. And I would expect this to have a positive effect upon commercial property for the next three to four years. Sure, there is political squabbling, as we said, in Canberra, and we're currently having trouble balancing our budget here. However, These investors see a solid future for Australia. Otherwise, they'd be taking their funds elsewhere. So on balance, I see this as good as far as commercial property is concerned. It's certainly underpinning and giving our local investors some competition. Should investors be nervous about the future or simply take extra care when acquiring commercial property? Well, just following on from your last question, it seems that as residents here in Australia, we sometimes don't see things as clearly as those from overseas. And that's probably because we've had it too good immediately after the global financial crisis compared with the rest of the world. I mean, our mining, although the financial area, and we saw that in Sydney, was hard hit, the financial sector, 
the mining actually went on to from 2008 to about 2012. Sure, it was declining, but it, it still went on, and the investment, because it was already plugged into the system that kept still employing people, and we just believed it would go on and on forever. And unfortunately, the government of the day didn't really take or play enough focus to what was likely to happen and what ought to be done to counteract that. Now, we seem unable to grasp the fact that we are still far better off economically than most other countries around the world. And as far as commercial property is concerned, most of the overseas money is currently going into the CBDs of Sydney and Melbourne and will probably continue to do so for the next couple of years until you start to see some improvement in Brisbane and Perth office markets because they have a big oversupply at the moment and I, I think that that's probably going to be another three, four years before people will feel comfortable investing there. Now, in many cases, the, these in investors, these overseas investors, are simply snapping up buildings in prime locations, but they're paying scant regard for the investment fundamental. In other words, it's really just money looking for a home. And while it's attractive to invest here in Australia, they'll continue to do so. Therefore, as a local investor, you need to avoid being carried along by the hype that's going on. Now, certainly it's out of control in the residential markets of Sydney and Melbourne, but it's starting to get a bit that way in the commercial markets, principally within the CBD. Now, it's not just A-class investment properties. Some of the activity going on is in purchasing C and D-class buildings, which are either being completely gutted and refurbished and coming back onto the market as residential apartments or just simply demolishing them and building a brand new apartment block there. So that is having a two-pronged attack. A, the buildings are selling, but also it's withdrawing stock from the market, which is improving the vacancy rate as far as Melbourne and Sydney is concerned. And that will push activity and rents and prices higher over the next three to four years. So in my view, I would keep away from the CBDs. I think you're far better to secure a well-researched suburban investment where the numbers actually add up and they, they recognise the fundamentals of commercial property investment and valuation. Because what's going to happen is that these overseas investors are creating so much competition for the institutional investors and large private groups in the CBD that they're going to have to start to look outside of the CBD to get something of value. And therefore, you're going to have a ripple effect of all this CBD activity and it's going to be flowing out into the suburbs over the coming years. So in essence, what I'm saying is that you just have to step back, take a helicopter view, don't get caught up in the emotion and the excitement of all the hype that's going on. 
don't worry about the headlines in the papers. Just look carefully for properties, well-located, well-let properties in the suburban areas, not necessarily the inner suburban areas. Just It might well be in an established office precinct, which may well be geographically a fair distance from the CBD, but time-wise, with by driving on the freeways, it might only be 20 minutes drive, maybe less, maybe a touch more, maybe let's say 30 minutes drive. But it's readily accessible, well-located, an established office precinct, and make your purchases there because these are the areas that you're going to find as I said, that ripple effect will flow out from the CBDs as investors in each price bracket are pushed to look at properties they haven't looked at in the past. Not that there's been anything wrong with them. They have just had less competition and therefore have been able to cherry-pick the better properties. Now, with the overseas investors coming in and outbidding them at auction or tender, they're being forced to look at alternatives in which to place the funds that are coming in. As I said, institutions they with super funds flowing in on a daily basis, they have to still find investments. And when they have to widen the net, so to speak, that will benefit shrewd investors who are finding well-defined, well-let properties with all the fundamentals in place in these suburban areas. Well, hopefully, what you've covered has helped to shed some light on the current situation for our listeners. Ken, look, whenever things become confusing, you simply need to go back to the fundamentals, and basically, they are still strong and positive. 